Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy. And today's episode is a little bit different than my usual health optimization topics on nutrition, fitness, and functional medicine. Moving forward, I'm excited to bring in more guests like the gentleman I'm speaking with today to talk about other areas of life that tie directly to our health and well-being. Things like relationships, investing, financial, and growing our wealth, businesses, and careers, and of course, mindset, since that's really the foundation of all of that. And so my guest on today's show, Brad Milford, is the perfect man to talk all things mindset and productivity. I heard Brad on another podcast I tune into called Money School and wanted to bring him on the show to really dive into some tactical strategies we can all implement to enhance our productivity and to make more time for the things that matter. And also how to direct our focus on the actions that are really going to move the needle in our lives. So Brad is a marketing sales and operations expert. His specialty is in business growth strategies, mindset mastery, and he helps create all sorts of products and high ticket courses for entrepreneurs. He's a U.S. Navy veteran and world traveler. He's built eight corporations and led, led and managed and grown more than 100 businesses from zero to seven figures and beyond. He's the founder of multiple business uh, incubator communities and is best known for the Built for Brilliance group and the Freedom, Wealth, and Brilliance mindset. As you could t- likely tell, Brad is the real deal. So with that long intro, welcome to the show, man. Agreed. Long intro. Everybody's listening now or watching and saying like, oh, what? blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get beyond that. Now, I appreciate that. Um, I say that humbly, uh, Ryan. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course, I, man. I think, uh, go ahead. I just wanted to say, could you can fill fill people in on your on your backstory? You know, what was really the catalyst for you to create all this meaningful change to go from a structured military background to being this entrepreneur with all this, you know, progress and success is quite quite a different, you know, career and, and trajectory. So I'd love to kind of hear the backstory about that transition for you. Yeah, it's a little messy backstory. <laughs> but I'll keep the messiness to uh, you know, to a minimum. But like many of us entrepreneurs, you know, we either failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and just got so frustrated and decided, you know, hey, look, I got to figure this thing out, right? Find a problem or, and then fix it, right? Find a solution to the problem. Um, it's a little bit like that. When, when I was seven years old, um, I had kind of a choppy upbringing. And I'll keep this to a minimum for this short podcast. But when I was seven years old, really... Uh, my mom and my stepdad had an argument and you know, everyday occurrence, these things happen in life, right? No, no regrets, but that that's where it started. Right. And so my mom and my stepdad ended up separating. Okay. So now I didn't have a father and I didn't have a stepfather. And so it's tied into mentorship, but really, you know, at that age, what I found was Ryan, I just, I really wanted to belong. I wanted to become, you know, these things that we're aware of now in our older ages, but I just really wanted to 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 be someone important, to be loved, like these real things that some people never discover. Um, I discovered that early. And so I set on a journey to really fix some stuff. <laughs> I was pretty broken. And I went from broken to more broken to more broken until I ended up finding some solutions in my later years zipping through that look i tried i tried everything i traveled up and down the coast you know i traveled to different states i got in the navy i traveled all over the world well not all over um, more accurately you know 19 different countries a bunch of different states that was great but i still wasn't solving what i was looking to solve and it didn't come till much later so zipping through that story 40 years old in in an unusual circumstance I had, I created some success. Like I started in entrepreneurship after the Navy got in the recreation industry, built three multi-million dollar companies to what, what is said, like, I don't know, nine figures nowadays is the way they describe that. But I created some success, but I found myself one evening, I should say morning. It was four o'clock in the morning, right? And I was surrounded by a whole bunch of people. 40 people were slinging shots. We're doing the, you know, the party thing, right? Sure. At about 40 years old. And I looked around four o'clock in the, in the morning. It was after hours. They closed the place for us. There's so lots of activity going on. Lots of people having fun, joking, whatever. But I looked around 
and I was surrounded by people, Ryan, but I felt like I was the most alone person in the place. Mm. That's how I found myself. After all these accomplishments and things, I still had not solved the problem, right? And so that it was the catalyst for me going within or I realized that I was going to have to go without. And from there, things started just breaking down. So I set on a path to fix them. That was about 15 years ago. And so that's when I started to get into leadership and started to raise my leadership lid and started to learn about who I am as a person. And the more I went within, the more I realized what we can achieve by learning about ourselves, about our leadership, about all these things that are so important. So that's a little bit of, that's a very short version of my backstory, Ron. Yeah, no, that's really quite the powerful journey. And I'm curious, so when you got out of the Navy and you went into entrepreneurship, did you take some courses or how'd you develop the skill set to make a transition where, you know, military is very structured, you're following orders, there's not, it's almost the complete opposite career path as being an entrepreneur. You know, I don't, I can't think of two things that are more different. And so uh, what really gave you some of the guidance and insights to build this massively successful company after that, during that time in your life? That's a great question. Um, what I discovered in the military or just before going in the military by taking the tests, what's called the ASVAB, um, is that, you know, I have a lot of knowledge, um, but I really didn't know what to do with my knowledge, right? So what, what I learned in the military, well, I learned a whole lot of stuff in the military, um, you know, through wartime and whatnot. But um, one of the things was I'm a pattern guy. So I have a, I have a knack with patterns. And so I was a cryptologist in the Navy. I did a lot of physical stuff too. But one of the skill sets that I learned in there was really how to learn um, how to actually utilize patterns. Cryptology is like study of secret codes and things like that. You know, those statements, like if I tell you, if I tell you, you got to kill you and all those things <laughs> that are funny. <laughs> right. But so that was one of the things. And I did go in there for a structure because growing up, I caused so much trouble. I didn't have a whole lot of structure. It was one of the issues that I was looking to solve. Like I had a lot of problems when I was young. I call myself a mistake expert. I've made a lot of mistakes. But the one thing, well, one other thing I learned in the military is, okay, you make a mistake, learn how to fix it right? There's a lot of structure there. So I learned more about structure. Hey, if there's an issue, here's the person you go to, right? And that's a skill. That's a learned skill. A lot of people, don't, they don't know that. As entrepreneurs, we learn later, like somebody has an expertise like you, you have a very specific set of skills, as is said commonly <laughs> in movies. Um, and so you... Ryan have a very specific set of skills in entrepreneurship. We need to learn that as well. Who are the strategic partnerships that, you know, that I can go to, who is an expertise in X, Y, and Z. So that was one of the things I learned. Um, I still had a lot of learnings when I came out because I high drive. My ambition didn't equal my actions. Um, that was another lesson I had to learn later, but, but the discipline was the structure was really good for me. Um, and that's when I learned as a pattern guy, the more structure I had, the more freedom I was able to create. Now, that sounds like a very strange statement, but we're going to dive into that a little bit today in terms of productivity and production and how we actually can produce more with less results. But that's where it started was when I started to see structure, I realized structure creates freedom. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't realize. They think having more things on their calendar and more appointments or more set things creates less freedom and chains them to certain obligations. But what I've learned from people like yourself, Brad, is it's quite the contrary. It's, it's having this open calendar with all this scattered stuff that you want to get done that really leaves you not very free because you're just all over the place. So I want you to go, go into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. Activity does not equal accomplishment. Common, pretty common statement there, but it's so true. So I love to dive in. It's uh, such an important topic. And I want to start a little bit from the beginning. People do things, right? I'm going to call this buy-in. I want to use like air quotes, but I won't. <laughs> it's like buy-in. Mm -hmm. and, and they're simple, simple two reasons, right? They either have something they want that they don't have, or they, they there's something that they want that they don't have, or they have something they don't want. 
It's really that simple. I and mean, there's a lot of marketing that's based on that marketing manipulation, even um, unfortunately, but that's, it's based around those two things. And if you're not getting what you want, that's really what productivity is about. You want something, right? So you want a, a particular result, right? If you're not getting what you want, you, what you want, it comes down to two things. So I like to simplify as people listening and watching, they'll recognize this pattern throughout these conversations, but I like to take something really complex and synthesize this down into very simple steps. And I really love to give actionable information. So that's where we're headed. So hang with us and listen more as we dive into the specifics. If you're not getting what you want, it comes down to two things. And I'm going to be the guy that speaks some truth into you, right? So I'm not very fearful. <laughs> um, I just like speaking it real. So it's, it comes down to two things. It's not time. Time is not your issue. I promise you. I guarantee you time is not your issue. We all have the same amount of time. And most of us acknowledge that we, we have a, an understanding of it, right? But let's dive into what it, what it is. The other thing it's not is it's not a lack of knowledge. Now this, especially for older people, is different than how we grew up. But knowledge, as we all know intuitively now, knowledge is all over the internet. You can have the answers to anything you want. So your issue is not time and it's not knowledge, right? It's mismanagement. I told you I was going to speak real. Mismanagement, mismanagement of two things. So I want to cut right to the chase to actually deliver you value. And I hope this is this really, if you pause and think about it, it's really speak to you. It's either you have mismanaged priorities or mismanaged activities. It really is that simple. But yet, if we weren't taught this, how on earth would we know? And as I look around from my experience now, and I need to be humble. Like when I was younger, I didn't know these things. These are hard learned lessons for me. Like I said, I'm a mistake expert. I had to fail and fall on my face and fall forward like many times to actually learn this stuff. And it's a built skill. So you either connect with someone who knows this stuff or you fall on your face a bunch of times until you learn how to solve it. But there's a lot of people out there on the internet who are dreaming and not doing. And so I want to explain that a little bit, but there is, there's a lot of stuff on mindset. There's a lot of misinformation or disinformation out there about mindset. Mindset is great. It's a powerful thing. I studied mindset for 10 years to break some of the patterns, some of the, you know, the, the, the negative beliefs and some of the negative patterns I had. It's powerful but it's only part of the equation, right? At some point we have to start doing. And I am a prime example of that. Nearly 10 years I studied mindset, but my action didn't equal my ambition, right? So I was learning, 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 but I wasn't doing anything with it. And that's a really important part of this. So I want to go back, mismanage either priorities or activities. It's not time. Time just, time just moves, right? Time is just there. Yeah. No, and that's a big thing I want to highlight because that's the number one excuse I hear, especially with people I work with when it comes to skipping their workouts or not preparing nourishing meals or not getting enough sleep or whatever it is. It's like, I don't have enough time. And it's like, you know, the single mom working three jobs has 24 hours in a day. The president has 24 hours in a day. The guy running 10 companies, Elon Musk has 24 hours in a day. And so do you. So it's no, it's not a re reasonable excuse to say you don't have enough time when you have the same exact amount of time as every single person in this world of billions and billions of people. Hundred percent. And I think again, there's people have this notion of it, but they just haven't really thought it through logically, right? So it, it's it's really again, it comes down to priority. So I don't use time management. Unless I'm speaking in the masses because people won't know what I say when I say priority management. It's about priority, managing your priorities and managing your activities. That is what is going to get you what you want and is going to get you what you want faster than you could ever believe possible if you're willing to do the work. So thinking otherwise, it's just that simple shift. That's a really powerful shift, as you said. I mean, it's the difference between thinking on a time or, you know, or it's the difference between understanding time and energy, right? So a lot of people say time is your biggest resource. I would imagine you realize that it's not time, it's energy, right? 
So, you know, doing what you do, I'm sure you're, that's probably a big, <laughs> a big yeah. huge number, factor. In what yeah. You one do. of the number one things I work on with people is enhancing their day-to-day energy. Cause that's the catalyst that helps them to carry, carry out all the other practices and habits and routines is having that energy as a foundation. One of the things I do want to mention though, cause you mentioned it's not knowledge and it's not time. And while I agree, I don't think knowledge is the missing key for most people. We have access to all the knowledge in the world. You don't need to read another book or take another course or, you know, take another degree or, or certification, but it's the specific knowledge, I think, uh, and the reflection of knowing what to do, you know, cause you mentioned priority management and people have to know their priorities and you don't necessarily read that in a book, but you got to figure out like, what's going to help me to get from point A to point B. And what do I need to prioritize today, tomorrow, next week, next month to accomplish that? So let's talk through that next, Brad. Where does someone go if they're, you know, let's say small business owner, entrepreneur, or maybe just, you know, a career, someone with a, with a nine to five career. And they have this big goal and they're like, all right, how do I dissect this? This is the hardest thing I've, I've encountered as I've grown my practice and grown my own business is like, how can I dissect this big vision, this big goal into weekly, daily, and hourly objectives and tasks that are going to get me to that goal. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, Context is really important. So before we go to what I'm, and so I'll give you a little preview of where we're headed. I think you know, because you heard heard a piece of this already, but um, it it comes down to tracking, right? And so we'll get there, I promise. But let me give you a little context first. So what happens is the problem that a lot of people experience, and again, I say this humbly, right? It's just that they don't understand about activities, right? So the actual activities are going to lead to the result, leading and lagging lagging indicators um, for anybody that has training in that. And so they say, you know, something like, hey, look, George and Sally, I went from here to there. Okay. And so I pause for a minute because then you could say, yes, John, but you're right back where you started. There's a problem that a lot of people don't understand about activities, about tracking. And I want to cut right to the chase on that. It's not distance. It's not distance. This is not a common topic. You're not going to find this generally on the internet. It's displacement. And it's not a common term, right? So when you measure distance, so, Hey, I went from here to the refrigerator, which is 10 feet away. And then I came back from the refrigerator after getting myself, you know, I don't know, cheeseburger or something. <laughs> I came back and I'm still standing in the same location that I was, or I'm still laying on the couch. So if you measure displacement, it's different than distance. So I just went a certain number of feet, 20 feet, right? But I'm right back where I started. And therein lies the problem with productivity for a lot of people. They're measuring the wrong thing. So they don't know exactly what they want. They don't have the leading and lagging indicators. They don't have the activities that are actually going to drive the results that they want. So they don't have the, a clear plan and path, as is said. And so their activities are not leading them where they want to go. So displacement is really important, but it's just a term, right? So it's not the activity. It's the frequency, duration, intensity, and time that are more important. It's not the effort. It's not the effort necessarily with most things, right? Activity doesn't equal accomplishment. So it really comes down to how do we produce results? Velocity, acceleration, distance, location. It's the type of activities, right? Effectiveness of results, which is where we're headed, right? Let's, I want to take, I know your audience, you know, what they stand for and everything, but I want to take a completely different example. Okay. Something that probably everybody understands and they will acknowledge and relate to, right? Social media. I want to talk about social media, okay? And then we'll drive this back to more audience-related stuff. But social media is a great example because it feels good, right? Because it feels good. So it gives us a hit of dopamine. It feels good. You know, everybody wants to some, like, they want to feel good about themselves. So they do, they post a bunch of stuff. They, they're looking for likes and hearts and all that kind of stuff. You can't eat likes and hearts, by the way, I'll say. <laughs> um, so they have activity, But so many people are doing those activities, spend hours and hours upon hours doing those things, don't have any sales, right? They're not actually doing the activities that would drive sales, like prospecting. And they say things, they find them saying things like, you know, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to prospect or I I don't want to be salesy. 
okay, well, then have a mediocre business. <laughs> well, and the thing on the salesy part is every one of us is selling every single day, whether you own a business or not. And if you don't believe that, you need to read Seller Be Sold. Grant Cardone breaks it down. And that every time you have a conversation with anybody about anything, you're selling. You're selling yourself. You're selling your ability to help that person. You're selling your will, you know, your desire for them to help you, whatever, you know, dynamics you have going, life is sales. Like that's the bottom line, even if there's no monetary transaction. Yeah, 100%. So what's true for business is true for health. So activity, again, activity doesn't equal accomplishment. So we need to look at those things. Yep. I'll leave this statement. So hopefully you have a pen or pencil by now, but movement doesn't get you momentum. It's an important statement. Movement doesn't get you momentum, right? And maintaining won't bring you maximizing. So I imagine all the people in your audience right now are like, what? So movement. So let me give you an example of where, if I want to walk to lose weight, right? I'm going to have to walk a lot to lose weight, right? So if I walk, let's say for an hour and I'm, you know, trying to lose weight and I come back and eat a candy bar, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. So you got to be really careful about the activities and about the movement. So movement doesn't create momentum, right? It doesn't get you momentum. It's time, intensity, duration, frequency, those kinds of things will ramp up, will amp up, you know, that thing. And we need to look at our activities again. And I'm going to explain this leading lagging indicator thing because it's so important um, so that everybody listening and watching can actually take action today on these things. But I also, the second half of that statement is maintaining won't bring you maximizing. So the important thing is to know, to be tracking these things. I'm sure anybody that's ever been around you knows the importance of tracking and measuring, right? And sure. well, it gets measured, gets managed. And so by having all the data of, uh, you know, whether it's tracking your sleep, tracking your steps, tracking your workouts, tracking your nutrition, it gives you a, a way to frame what you're doing. It gives you a way to measure your progress. And then you can look back and, you know, I think you're going to dive into this now and see where is this leading me? And then if you're not getting to where you want to go, you look back at the past week, the past month and say, what's lagging? What's not right? What do we need to, where, where is the course correction need to take place to continue moving on the trajectory we want to go? 100%. To make progress and get what you want. Like where we started the conversation, you got to have an effective plan. You got to have reasons over excuses. You got to get started. You got to yep. get started. Yep. <laughs> you got to evaluate for effectiveness of the actions and you got to shift and pivot based on the quantified data. So that's where I know you're, you want to get to the meaty stuff, right? So it's all about tracking and evaluation for effectiveness. But before you get to the tracking, we have to talk about the leading and lagging indicators, right? And a lot of people don't have training in that. So I'm going to use weight, for example, and you can correct me if I say something wrong with regard to weight, but it's a simple example. If I want to lose 20 pounds, I need to know the exact activities that I'm going to do. So first I've got a quantifiable measure. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to have a, a guest, a guesstimate of a time frame. You've got to have a time frame. If, if your activities are going to be different, if you don't know your time frame, right? I want to lose it in three months or I want to lose it in a year. Those activities are going to be completely different, right? So time intensities, duration, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When someone starts with a goal like that though, Brad, what's your first step? I want to lose 20 pounds. What's the first thing you ask that person? Well, I, I'm not sure if this is where you're driving, but the reasons over excuses are really important. So ha yep. having an understanding of why you why? want to lose weight exactly. is critical. Exactly. That's yeah, critical. That's the first thing I ask someone when they say I want to lose weight. It's like, do you want to look better in your clothes? Do you want to live longer? Do you want to improve your metabolic health? Like what is the reason you want to lose weight? And that's what you really build this foundation on from a mindset perspective so that you can anchor yourself in a deeper purpose, a deeper meaning for the whole process. 100%. It's a great way to start. So I talk about intention a lot, just setting the intention. What is your intention? Mm -hmm. Get to the core of that. And for anybody that hasn't done a five Y or seven Y, that's just an exercise, simple exercise that you can take. I imagine you do that with a in the beginning with a lot of your clients. It's like, yep. well, why do you want to do that? Well, why? Well, why? Because usually it takes like a, a number of deep. layers yeah. to yeah. really get to the root cause. And so Absolutely. that's a skill in of itself. If you've never done root cause training or if you've never done a five or seven, why start there? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's one of it. 
So leading and lagging indicator. So you got that 20 pounds, you know that you want to lose it. And let's just say 90 days, right? I okay. love 90 day spans. I imagine you love seasons like that too. Yeah. And so now you know that you want to lose 20 pounds in 90 days. Now you can start to begin to chunk that down and say, okay, here are some of the activities that I know of today that I'm going to have to take care of, right? I'm going to have to maintain. So I can't gain weight. I need to at least maintain where I am. In order to maintain, I'm going to have, I'm going to need these activities. Then you might, and I'll, I'd turn to you for your expertise on that, but then, you know, then you might say, well, I'm going to need X, Y, and Z activity each and every day, right? I like to break it back. So begin with the end of the mind and say, if it's 90 days, then there's three months within that time frame. So what do I need to do each month? And then if I know what I need to do each month, what, what does that entail for each week? And then, then if I know I have to do these activities every single week, then where does that leave me for the activities every single day? Those are the leading indicators that will lead to the result that you're looking for. I'll pause for a moment because this is your area of expertise. I usually talk about Yeah, no, but building, this is a great example. So building on this example, you'd want to really set your monthly objectives. So your first month might be eight pounds of weight loss, followed by seven pounds, followed by five pounds, because everyone that's lost weight knows you lose more at the beginning. And then as you progress, there's less body fat to lose. So you're not going to have as rapid of weight loss. So you'd set those parameters and then over looking over the course of the week, you'd establish what you need to do. So maybe you need to exercise uh, and do some resistance training three days per week. And then you set those in your calendar. I'm going to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you factor in, okay, I need to go for a 10 minute walk after I eat dinner. So after dinner, you go for your 10 minute walk. I need to get to bed by 10 PM because if I stay up till 1 AM watching Netflix and I feel like shit the next day, well, guess what? My workout's not going to happen. I'm going to eat poorly. And a recent study just showed that even with the exact same caloric intake, those who are sleep deprived gain 55% more body fat than those who are getting adequate sleep. So sleep determines our blood sugar stability and our metabolic health and our propensity to lose or gain body fat. So all these things are things that you'd be looking at by the the week by week. You'd say, I want to weigh myself once a week to make sure I'm moving in the right direction to make sure I'm hitting certain parameters and milestones. And then you'd want to, you know, look at your nutrition and, you know, without going into too much depth, that would be a good starting place in this example you're bringing up of like, how can you break it down? into the things that are going to move the needle that you want to build into your schedule. 100%. I'm, I'm so with you. It's slightly different things that we do, but we're very much aligned in, in how we go about that. It's, it's really, so the activities are one thing. Okay. I know what the lagging indicator is, is 20 pounds for this example. Mm. And then you just described some of the activities that you would need monthly, weekly, and daily. Yep. Here's the differentiator for me. Okay, this is what I found after two decades of studying is it comes down to habits. And I imagine you experienced this too, right? And so habits are kind of trending right now, which is kind of cool. Yeah, there's, there's some information about that. Um, But people don't understand habits a lot, and they need to be conscious habits. So you've got to move from what is what has been probably unconscious or subconscious and you want to move that to the conscious level, right? And that's where you really get those, those, those leading indicators, right? Your daily activities. So now I have a tracker system that I use. I literally tick off the things that I'm accomplishing. And it's a pretty cool system. And I imagine you have something like that too for your clients so yep. that they can measure and track what is actually getting done. And then if there's a gap, you can easily see the gap. Hey, we hit this, but we didn't hit this. Right. And that is really the X factor to this. So it's one thing to know what you want. Okay. That's a starting for, for people. Then it's okay. How do I get started? Mm-hmm. Okay. You get started by being clear in the leading activities that will get you to your result. Yeah. And then you have to track it. You absolutely have to track it. There's too much of this. And this is where I get real. <laughs> I won't get too much on a soapbox, but it's where I get real. There's too much of this ethereal notion. Like I feel like I'm on track. Yeah. What do you mean you feel like you're on track? Oh yeah, I feel I feel good. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's a qualitative thing. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Do you know if you're on track? How much of your free time are you working out? Is it 40% of your free time? Is it 20% of your free time? Is it no percent of your free time? Like really, when you get into tracking, you can literally say 10% of my time is spent in learning. 
20% of my time is spent on mindfulness, 30% of my, and I'm not talking about your total day. I'm just talking about your, your free time, right? Sure. You can break these things down and say 40% of my free time is spent on fitness. That's yeah. going to put me on the mark of where I want to go. And these are the activities that I need to do daily and I'm tracking. So I know that I'm on now with that said, with a pretty vigorous <laughs> tone of voice, I'm, I also want to say, I want to be humble here. None of us are perfect. And this is really, really an important point. So I'm not sure about you. I'd love to hear from you about what your mark is. But for me, what I've found to be the sweet spot is 80% of the time. Yep. So I have my clients shoot for 80% of the time. That way they have some leeway. They got some rest. They can take a day off if they want. And they can, you know, they can, they can rejuvenate themselves and yeah. they can have the freedom to be able to do that when they feel like that is where a feeling is good. Like, Hey, I feel like I need a break. So I'm going to take a little break today and I'll pick it back up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that. hundred percent with you on the kind of the 80, 20 principle and understanding great progress does not require perfection. And that's the case, no matter what, you know, we're talking about, whether it's health, whether it's business, whether it's finances, whether it's relationship, like none of us are perfect. And I think that's a big thing, Brad, of why people don't want to track because they're afraid to fuck up. They're, they're have this deep rooted desire to not go, you know, to not go against what they said they were going to do. And if they don't track, they don't, you know, it's kind of in a gray area, they're not really paying attention. So it's like, it didn't happen. Uh, but I think if you just understand going into it, like, Hey, this is a realistic, you know, percentage of the time or, you know, the amount of activities that I might miss or might uh, not do the way I planned, build that into the equation from the get-go. So you don't feel like you're failing, you're failing. And you also understand that there's going to need to be some flexibility and variables built in with the way that life goes, you know, 100%. everything has margins. The, the most structured bridge Let's use a bridge as an example, right? This comes down to engineering. The most structured bridge, the, it, it can't be too rigid. The, yeah. it, when it's too rigid, it breaks. Buildings have flex, right? Yeah. There's a margin of flexibility. So we need to have a margin of flexibility built in. I'm sure you're very familiar with this as you described it. Here, here's where a lot of people get caught up. So I really want to deliver some actionable information. A lot of people get caught up in, in, in getting started. I found a lot of people and I imagine you do like one of the biggest things is like, I just don't know how to get started. Right. I know what I want. I just don't know how yeah. to get started. Yeah. So I'd like to deliver some actionable information on that. And one of the key points to that is look, we all going to get started somewhere, right? Things are either familiar or unfamiliar. That's it. They're just familiar or unfamiliar. So if you find yourself and you don't know where to get started, or you could say like, you just need to increase your insights about that thing and decrease your uncertainty. That's the key to performance. There's a little nugget for you, but they're just unfamiliar. So you just need to familiarize yourself with the steps or go to an expert like yourself, someone who actually knows. And that's where I think the, the biggest thing is there's, you know, a lot of people have some sort of notion in their minds, like they got to do it by themselves. And you brought this up prior, you know, and the reality is if you want to do something, the surefire fastest way to accomplish it, whether it's a health and fitness goal, whether it's a business you want to build, whether it's a relationship you want to cultivate, is you find someone that's accomplished that, that's done it, that knows the ins and outs, that's made the mistakes, that knows the fastest, most efficient path to get you there. And you say, hey, coach me, mentor me, let me intern or shadow, you know, depending on the individual, you might not even have to pay them. Although if you do pay them, it's the best investment you could possibly make hands down to, to really accelerate your trajectory and not only accelerate your progress, but massively increase the likelihood it's going to happen. So you're, you're many fold. And by putting your money where your mouth is and actually investing in yourself, well, guess what? Now you got skin in the game. Now you got some accountability. Now you're not just going to be, you know, uh, slacking off by yourself where no one knows. Now you got someone, a coach, a practitioner, Someone in your corner that's keeping you on track, that's watching your back saying, hey, we got this to do this week, you know, and at the end of the week, if you don't do it, you got to report back to them. That's what really cre creates and drives behavior change. 100%. So in business, we like to say you turn dimes into dollars. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what an effective, notice I said effective because... <laughs> they have to be a, an effective person, an effective coach like yourself. They're, they're, look, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't say that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on the internet today. So you got to bet, you got to bet your people, right? Yeah. But you turn dimes into dollars, but you can turn possibility into probability. Really, that's the difference maker. So yeah, we, you and I could probably go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, no, but I like the direction we're going. So just to recap where we've gone. So, you know, it's not time, it's not knowledge, it's about priorities and managing your activities. And so the first step to that is to really figure out what you need to do. Then you need to track it by building in some sort of, whether you're using an app, whether you're using your calendar, whether you're using some sort of tracking device or um, software. And then you need to look at leading and lagging indicators, which we touched on, you know, what's lacking, what do we need to change? How do we course correct moving forward? And then uh, what's the, the end of this framework? Yep. So the end of the framework is evaluating for effectiveness, but I really like to deliver the audience right now, something very actionable, right? So what I've found through years of doing this, I like to simplify. I told you complex into simple. So I really want to deliver something actionable. Break down your day into, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a Fortune 100 female CEO, or if you are a stay-at-home dad, it makes no difference. This framework is going to work for everyone, okay? Break your day down. When you're thinking about your habits and your leading activities, your daily activities that are going to lead to your result, break it down simply. Here are the three categories. Before work, at work, after work. Ta-da. Like, it's that simple, but we've got to have a framework. See, you use frameworks or you got to do the hard work. So really break down your day. What do I need to do before work? What do I need to do at work? What do I need to do after work? It doesn't matter who you are. That's the framework that you can break it down. And then that's going to allow you to simply categorize the activities. So most of us, I imagine everybody listening knows the importance of a morning routine. Mm -hmm. What are the activities of your morning routine that are going to lead to the activities to lead to the results that you're looking for? Okay. And then track those. Yep. Okay. And track for anyone Monday done, Tuesday yeah. done, Wednesday done. This is right? huge. This is huge. And if you want a guided, excellent morning routine, search that in the podcast or YouTube feed. Cause I did an episode on that months back. It's one of the early episodes. I want to say number three or four or five, but I walk people through the exact morning routine, the exact trifecta of activities, I, I, as I call it, that'll prime your mind, prime your body and get you ready to rock it the whole rest of the day. Peak states all the way, man. I'm all about it. I love that's it. it. So that's good. And then the, do the same thing for your work, right? So everybody's different. You're gonna have a different routine, but what are the, what are the actual reoccurring activities that need to happen every single day mm -hmm. in order to drive the result you want at work? Dive in. Start Easy. tracking those things. Am I actually on the mark and do the same thing after work? So I imagine this is a big thing for you too, is like, um, for me, I'll just throw it out there. Like for me, I want to reflect about my day. Yep. So every evening I have to track, like I need, I have reflection, right? And then I used to do my intentions in the morning, but I found it more effective to do my intentions. So I set my intentions for the next day before I go to sleep. That was a shift in a pivot that I made. That's huge. That's where I'm heading, right? So determine what your before work, your at work, and your after work activities are to lead to the leading result. The next yeah. thing you one, said is practice. Yeah, one note on that, Brad, I, I found this to be extremely helpful for me as I make it a priority to map out my next day before I finish up work for that day. So it's built into your calendar, like the last 20 or 10 or 15 minutes before you wrap up, figure out what you, what, what's happening tomorrow. If you show up at your desk, at your computer the next day and you're an entrepreneur, it is so easy to just get sucked into the emails, the messages, the social media, all the distractions. And so you need a game plan. You need like action list. Like, here's what I got. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's when I'm going to do it. 100%. I, in today, in the world we live in today, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. There's no way I could. It, when you have this system before work, at work, after work of these activities, then it, it's a lot easier to say no to things, right? Yep. And so I agree 100% with what you're saying. Look, I'm a big week planner. When it comes to productivity, I plan my week. So I plan my week on Sunday religiously and I track it. I know everybody's going to be shocked by that, but I have to like <laughs> click a thing and say, yeah, I did my week planning, right? And so again, it's going to be a little bit different. Every, but what that allows is now I've, I've looked at my week. 
I know what the priorities are. And so daily, when I do my nightly routine, just as you were saying, all I got to do is look at the next day and say, here are the priorities for the next day. So when I wake up in the morning, there's no distractions of like all this stuff that's getting thrown at me. I'm sorry, unless somebody's dying, my stuff's not getting shifted. But the cool thing is when you have a structure and a substructure, if something does happen, then you do have the freedom to shift all that stuff. Yeah. So you can take a whole day off and say, hey, I've been at 80%. I'm going to take a whole day yeah. off now. The only thing I absolutely have to do is this one call, which is really urgent. But look, so when things happen, now we go back to the structure creates freedom. You have the structure. So either you got to put, you know, say, let's say you say you take the work day off, right? So I'm going to take the work day off because something happened at home or whatnot, then that's okay. So you hit the urgent priorities and you just take the rest of the time off. But now you can either put that time in the evening or you just roll it to the next day and say, Hey, I just took a day off. I'm still hitting 80% this week because yep. I've hit every other day. Yeah. And, and having those important, I'm sure that you you'll share some, a similar testament having the highest, most urgent things to do first thing in the day. Cause there's nothing better than for me, I'm an early riser. So I, you know, wake up five, five 30 and there's nothing better than hitting 8 a.m. and knowing that you just knocked it out of the park. It doesn't matter what happens the whole rest of the day. I got what needed to be done done. I had that deep focused work time. And I mean, for me, at least having an hour of deep focused time where I'm totally in flow, I'm totally focused. I'll get more done in a whole day when I'm scatterbrained and just not feeling 100% on my, uh, on my focus. So it's immeasurably valuable uh, of how much more you can accomplish. And one more thing I want to share on the end of day reflection, Brad, that I found to be really helpful for myself is in addition to reflecting and looking at your tracking for your, your business or your career, or your work, do it on a personal note. I, I ask myself, I journal three questions at the end of each day. And I just started recently doing this and I've been really enjoying it. And I, you know, one question is what filled me with enthusiasm today? What drained me of energy today? And what did I learn about myself today? Those three questions, it takes a whopping two minutes and you just jot down, you know, and then you can start to really fine tune what's, what do I need to cut out? What do I need to add more of? And what am I learning? You know, what, what types of things am I discovering about what I like and don't like? Because a big part of this process for a lot of us, Greg, uh, uh, Brad, is that, you know, a lot of people don't know what, what they want. You know, they're, they're here in this interview and they're like, yeah, this would be great if I had like a business plan in mind or I had a, a career or a trajectory, uh, you know, something that I knew I wanted to do this. This is my passion. This is my purpose in life. That's freaking hard to find. I'm still working on it. But, you know, like for a lot of us, it's like that is a big barrier of entry to get started on something because you don't know what to start. You're like, I'm still trying to figure out how I want to spend my days and what I want to do for profession and, and to make money. Like, I don't, I don't know. And so these types of uh, reflections and questions will help you over the course of time. And then referencing your journal entries for months, months past, and just putting the dots together, really, really helpful strategy for people who are listening to this. They're like, listen, these guys are talking about business strategy. I'm still trying to figure out like what, what profession I want to embark on. And so that's a really good tip for, for anyone in that position, which we've all been there. Hundred percent. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, in the interest of time, I won't share my story, but I share this publicly a lot. <laughs> but I was in that space for about forty years, right? So construction was not something that I sought out to do, which is where I landed building stadiums, tennis courts, basketball courts, like all over the country and even outside the country. Um, I didn't even have a father growing up, like I said. So construction, I never even picked up a hammer when I was young. Um, but it's a, it's, it was an industry that I landed into because there was a great opportunity there and it was a great business for a while. So I found myself there at 40 years old. I would say, if you're in that space right now, think about what you detest, what you, what you really, really don't like, what really annoys you or what really frustrates you and start there. Look at that thing and, and look at how you can solve that thing. That's a great person. If you're struggling with purpose, that's a great place to start. And then try as many activities as you possibly can. There's a lot of business owners that we give this advice to also, but it's the same advice. 
in life as well. Like if you don't know what you like, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and you haven't tried a hundred or 200 or 300 things, then you're not going to find out. So I divert because I know we're a little bit off track here with, with where you wanted to head. But those are some, those are a little bit of nuggets for you if you're feeling like that, right? I was there 40 years. And the reason why it was difficult for me to figure out what my strength was is because my strength is helping people find their strengths. Who would have known that <laughs> for 40 years? Yeah. You're gonna, it's gonna take an expert, right? It took a group of 12 leaders to help me find that one. So there's a little humor for you. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, Brad, I just wanted to tie up any loose ends on on the whole framework. And then I want to, I got one last question for you. So anything else you want to add to the tracking, leading and flagging indicators and evaluating for effectiveness? Yeah, I do. I want it. So we said tracking, but we never really got to the evaluation of effectiveness. And that's, that's a really important factor here. So you sort of landed that, right? So three questions in yep. the evenings. So I do something that's very similar to what you, what you do, right? I do it at work. I do it before work. I do it at work and I do it after work. So those are different frameworks. I, I'll throw this at you. Come up with a qu couple questions to make sure you're evaluating your results, right? Questions like you just said, um, and then throw them into a Google form. Like almost everybody has Google nowadays. It's free, right? So throw them in a Google form. That's how I do it. With my tracker, I have it linked in my tracker and I just go to that form and it says, you know, what am I not doing that I should be doing? <laughs> what did I stop doing? What do I need to start doing? Like very similar to the framework that you that you delivered, but the evaluation. So if you're tracking, that's one thing. You're finding any gaps. You know where you are actually, not ethereally. You actually know where you are so that you can, you know, continuously improve. The other thing is evaluating. So if I were to use a different analogy, look, a lot of people go from stepping stone to stepping stone. And this is really kind of an epidemic an epidemic in today's world, right? There's a lot of shiny objects out there, social media and all these things you touched on. So you got to pause periodically and you need to evaluate. So daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, you've got to have evaluation. If I was leaping from stone to stone to stone to stone to get somewhere, it's really not going to be linear, right? And so most things are dynamic, not linear, but we've got to have a way to evaluate. If I leap to one stone, pause and evaluate and look around and ask yourself, was this leap effective? Did it actually produce the result or is it leading to the result that I want? So many people leap and leap and leap and leap, but don't pause to evaluate. This is really important, so I don't want to overlook it. That's really the last step. We could say shift and pivot if you're not getting results. So let me throw these out there in an orderly fashion. If I think that yeah, was a quick right? summary. Yep. Yeah. Determine what you want. Simple, right? But a lot of people don't know. So if you know what you don't want, then you know what you do want. Don't be stuck. If you know what you don't want, if you find yourself complaining about something, then flip the script. Go to the complete opposite of that. And so now you know what you want. It's really that simple for a lot of people. I know what I don't want. Here's what must be what I want. That's step one. Step two, guess on a timeline. Notice the wording, guess. Too many people say it's got to be within 90 days or it's got to be within six months. And then they get down on themselves because they don't actually achieve the result within the time frame. I say guess because the old methods of cascading every need to know every single activity is a little outdated. We use agile methods nowadays. You got to guess. Here's the result I want. Here's the framework I think is going to take. Okay, let's get started. Right. So guess on a time frame at first. Don't try to get perfection, as you said, right? Progress over perfection. So step two, guess on a timeline. Step three, break down the steps to get there. Break it down. <laughs> if it's yearly, break it down by quarter, monthly, weekly, daily, whatever it is. But I recommend 90 days. Step four, determine the daily quantitative activities that are going to lead to the results you want. Notice I said quantitative. I didn't say what makes you feel good. That's really important. Step five, measure and track your progress. Step six, evaluate weekly for weekly effectiveness. So periodically, I said, once a week, pause and see if your stepping stones are actually leading to your result. And then the last one, step seven would be pivot and shift. 
as necessary. So if you're evaluating, then you're going to, you don't know now when you start, but when you start evaluating over time, after a couple of weeks, you're going to say, wow, I'm not getting those results. I think I need to shift and pivot a little bit to achieve the result. Maybe you need to up the intensity. Maybe you need more duration, whatever it is. You'll know if you're evaluating, something's going to jump out to you when you evaluate. So shift and pivot as necessary to achieve the desired results. Love it. Love it, Brad. And I will add number eight, stay accountable, whether it's to yourself, whether actually not to yourself, that's a given externally accountable, whether it's to a friend, a spouse, uh, a partner, uh, a coach, a practitioner, someone who's in your corner outside of yourself, that's going to make sure you're, you're moving in the right direction. That's huge. 100%. I just added number eight, work hard, not smart. <laughs> be, be accountable i love it yeah all right well this has been awesome brad i really appreciate you coming on sharing all this with with my listeners and i'd love for people to check out your podcast unlimited business wisdom uh i've been su subscribed to it and i've been really enjoying the episodes so anyone especially if you're interested in more productivity information more business and strategies and entrepreneurial type guidance uh it's incredibly valuable so uh, encourage people to check that out. I'm also going to put a link to your uh, website, Brad, and all your social media handles. But do you mind just rattling those off for people who are listening in? Yeah, sure. The easiest way. So if you're like me, when I listen to podcasts, I like to go out and like, you know, check, check people's stuff out. So the easiest way where you're going to get the most value is to go to build brilliance, just like it sounds, B-U-I-L-D-B-R-I-L-L-I-N-C-E dot net not dot com dot net buildbrilliance.net that's where you get the most value and if you look under resources poke around a little bit um there's tons of ebooks like there's a bunch of free stuff for you or i have a facebook group so it's built for brilliance um because i believe when you have a strong foundation if you haven't <laughs> if you can't tell through this when you have a strong foundation like when you have them right everything else follows so you gotta be built for brains friends love it Thanks for everything, Brad. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note, the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.